Hey, welcome everybody to the Song Blog podcast number eight. I am Patrice Savoie. With me today is uh, Peter Corbett. Hey guys. So today we have a lot to talk about because we are talking about the um, our masterpiece. Yeah, the monstrous song, the Monst- one with monstrosity. Exactly, with no tons math. of tracks. Uh, very long song, a big arrangement. Um, it was a bit of a scary song to start with. It, I think it took us uh, what a year and a half before I was comfortable with us uh, starting work to work on it. Well, we put Something off like starting that. it for a while, and then once we started it, it was a process. I think we were working on it for at least six months. For yeah, quite a few months. It's also we got to note that uh, we don't see each other every week. Uh, sorry, yeah, sometimes it was like once or twice a month. So it depends on the month. but uh, At that time, we were still in a pretty good schedule for recording, though. It was almost every week. <laughs> but I think we did have a long break in there as well. It was a, yeah, it's a big song. So this song is inspired by my wife because she's an insomniac. So it took me about four years of being with her to really understand what it is to be insomniac and how devastating sleep depriv- deprivation can be. Um, so just seeing her struggle with it kind of gave me all the inspiration I needed to create the song. And when it came the time to write it, I didn't really think about it. I just started with the music. Um, I started, you know, hitting my guitar with my, um, with my wrist as I was playing and doing some slap bass techniques and the music came out, the main riff, and then, uh, the lyrics came out, I think in, I don't know, maybe an hour or two. I wrote the song within like a week or so. Um, I'm very happy with it. It's quite long. It's like a rock progressive type of song. And uh, when we came to in studio, it was quite a challenge to take this song and make it into a full band song. Yeah, so when you... Usually what happens, or at least at the beginning, and, and to now to some extent as well, is Patrice will come over with an acoustic guitar. He'll play through three to five songs that that are going to be some of the next ones we work on. While this is happening, I'm thinking, should this stay acoustic? Are we going to make, how are we going to make this production? What are we going to do with the arrangement? And as soon as I heard this one, just the way the guitar was driving and the way it was played, it just reminded me of like Pink Floyd and kind of the this early 70s prog rock bands but which is actually suiting because it's a very dynamic arrangement and a very long arrangement uh the recorded version of the song is i think six and a half minutes so it's double the length of length of uh your average pop song it's a, it's a great song though I, I love it because when you listen to it when i listen to it i don't feel like it's six and a half minutes it just feels like what a good prog rock song should be which is it takes you from the beginning from section a to b to c to d to all those sections and it takes you all the way to the end so i think uh you and i we did a great arrangement together and i really like the arrangement for this one and i think the reason it doesn't feel like six minutes is because um it's very driving and that's coming from the the acoustic guitar but really the bass and just a sort of straight time drum beat that's kind of pushing the beat a little bit. Um, but then also the arrangement is is so dynamic. There's things dropping out and building and coming back. And even if it's a different part, we might use some of the same 
instruments and and uh, sort of melodies and arrangements and the instruments to kind of build a motif from what had happened already and build on top of it. So it's a very, um, yeah, it's very dynamic. It's a lot of ups and downs and it always feels like it's pushing forward to me. There's so many guitars too. There's so many effects that you added afterwards. Um, when we did the guitars, I think we did it in two sessions, I think one or two sessions. And that was, uh, quite challenging but quite interesting as well because we can't just repeat the same thing over and over you got to make it interesting and depending on the sections you have to change it a little bit and this song has just it's a masterpiece that's pretty much the way to describe it and i love you know what you added like the clocks and the kind of um that's a clock a sample of like a analog clock that he's talking about you can hear it about a third of the way through this through the song when it drops out the first time i think it's uh what's the what's the lyrics um <laughs> something remember, sleep <laughs> is rising or something i can't remember but it's the song drops out so it's just bass and like the bass notes on an acoustic guitar and like you can hear a ticking clock in the background there i love the kind of laser laser effect as well that you added there's there's a few actually drops that and you added stuff in between and the keyboards and yeah there's a, a lot of a lot of sort of transition synth effects especially like um risers and and um drops on the synth which isn't exactly how they are today in like electronic music it's more going for the vintage modular sound but doing the same thing as as you do in modern EDM which is have a synth go up and do a sweep or or drop down to to go to a quieter part and those effects a lot of them are only coming in for those transitions so when came the time to record the song we had a few challenges um, my main challenge was uh, not the vocals which usually it is the main problem for me was to play the guitar part but without doing my usual uh, technique which was to hit the guitar um, with my wrist to create the drum feel because usually I play the song just with me and my wife so we're acoustic it's just acoustic guitar so I have to take a lot of room in the song because there's no one else to, to do the music so when it came the time to record it it was like a, a big struggle for me not to hit my guitar um, other than that I think the recording was pretty straightforward if I remember yeah I think I mean we did a we spent a long time getting the the drums and the bass right as well and the guitar parts and then the the all the other keyboard instruments i just kind of puttered at that over the course of a few months so it was um constantly building on what we had the um the recording of the acoustic guitar we well i had this vision of a, a really vintage tone for this song and like 70s rock to achieve that we used uh, a lot of ribbon mics so on on the main acoustic guitar it's just one single ribbon mic and i was really happy with sort of the smoothness of it it's not bright and modern sounding but it's a very natural sound for the for the guitar and then we used ribbon mics on the drum overheads as well so it's these... not overly bright and modern these are the ribbon mic that you built yourself, right? Yeah, that's right. The the do it yourself 
The ones that give you a really dark sound. At the really, time, yeah. I still had two of them, and since since then, one of them has bit the dust. But uh, <laughs> the other one's still going strong and sounds really great. Vocally, um, my vocals were fine, I think. I, I don't think it took us too long. Um, when came the time for Allison to do her back vocals, uh, for, s- for some reasons, uh, the vocals weren't great. Um, the recording wasn't great when we did it. Well, we were, um, we were trying to power through three or four songs here. Um, Allison, it's a long ways for her to, for her to come and the scheduling was tough to get all three of us in a room together. Um, so when she came here the first time, I think we did three or four songs and the other ones were all fine but for for whatever reason this might have been the first one we did or something but the, it was, the yeah it was a few things it was the performance it was the recording it was a bit of a, a few things that didn't work out so well yeah um, there's definitely uh some some technical problems i'm not sure exactly what the fidelity problem was but um with, when i was recording with you we've worked together long enough that it's easy to to troubleshoot those things, but uh, yeah, quickly. It had been a while since I worked with a performer who was a little more nervous. So, uh, what ended up happening was, um, once Patrice got his home recording rig, um, so that's that audio inter- interface and the um, Aston Spirit microphone. Um, he ended up re-recording the vocals with Allison at his house, and I think that was a better much better performance and sound, but it was just probably a better vibe for her to perform um, yeah. without a third person making her uncomfortable. It's also the stress of like having to do so many songs so quickly. I think we had, what, three hours and we had to do four songs and um, it was just a bit tricky. And But I love what she did with the, her vocals because when you added them, because I recorded them, but then you mixed them in and I noticed that you added some delay um, after a few of the lyrics. Yeah, that's right. And that's, again, going for that sort of 70s prog rock vibe. Um, I also ended up keeping a couple lines from the original recordings where it was less important because actually the second time through, she didn't do all the same parts. There's some lines that were that were there um, in the original recording, some that weren't in the original recording, and um, and a whole bunch from the first time that she didn't she didn't do the same parts the second time around. So I kept some of the original ones and they ended up being a little bit more affected and um kind of mixed them in um eclectically. But and on on your parts of the recordings, because some of the recording I wasn't there when you did, like the keyboards and um I think there's a bit of organ in there if I'm not mistaken. Um there's a lot of uh, programming. So, how was it on your side when you did it? Uh, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah, the the. I can't remember recording the drums. Actually, I think. The other funny thing about this was this was well as transitioning the studio from the basement to upstairs in this house. So I believe the drums are actually recorded uh, downstairs, and um, the guitars and everything were recorded upstairs. Um, I think the keyboards are recorded upstairs as well. I can say when we did record the guitars, we were feeling a little groovy. Yeah, let me say it was uh, it was fun though. It was really nice to just uh, listen to the song, get inspired, and there wasn't anything 
prepared. It was just more like, okay, let's just do it. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it comes out. And it did it came out really nicely. Very happy. We did, I think, uh, well, there's several guitars, but there's two main ones. I think that we panned on both ears and they kind of uh, do call and response type of thing. And it's, yeah, it's a very playful part. W-W-D-G-D, Patrice. What would David Gilmer do? <laughs> and the solo, uh, for me, it's always a struggle because my background is in guitar. My background is like doing a lot of crazy solos, really jazzy. And when it came to doing the solo, I have sometimes to just cool it down, do less notes, do less, but make it more interesting. And this is a classic Pink Floyd recording technique that David Gilmer used, but if you put the part on when the the track, the backing track on repeat, so you loop it and then you solo over it, that's a great way to kind of come up with parts. And that's what we ended up doing for this as well, was just add, had that part looping and give you a chance to uh, play around with it took the best bits i can't remember if we um if we had you replay them after that or we just used the the original recordings when you were practicing but i think there was a few parts like the last part and there's a few parts i ended up like just working in i started playing you know we looped it i think like you said and i started playing and then i started to have things that i liked and i started just putting them together and i think it was um, I don't think we took too many from different takes. I think we took mostly one take or so. And uh, like the last part, I really liked it. And But uh, yeah, it's it's more like of a solo that's less about notes, more about feeling. Yeah. Give it some room, give it some space. And, and the tone itself is also like just sort of a smooth, smooth overdrive and really creamy sounding. Yeah, I remember Roger Waters from Pink Floyd saying um, in an interview, when he teaches people, he says, you know, do one bar of music and then give it, you know, a few bars of, you know, not much. Just give it some space. Breathing that's kind of what Exactly. That's kind of what I was trying to do with that Pink Floyd idea of uh, insomniac. So when came the time for mixing? How was it? Because you were the mainly the one that mixed it. I was there a few times, but not much. Well, the thing with uh, an arrangement like this is that the arrangement kind of mixes itself. So because we had all the dynamics were already created with parts coming in and out, um, the the movement was already there. So now you're just kind of accentuating it and exaggerating it a little bit with automation and and making sure there's enough space for everything. So you're doing that with EQ, um, compression for tone more than anything. Uh, so it was, pretty, it was a pretty basic mix, except in a few spots where kind of all the tracks are in and then we had to focus on actually thinning out some of the tracks and making room for everything. But um, for the most part, uh, it was already a, a dynamic arrangement, so it made mixing a lot easier. Um, I just wanted to touch on a few other arrangement things, if that's all right, Patrice. Yeah, give her. So originally the beginning had started just with the acoustic guitar. I don't know how this came about, but I was, well, a lot of the, both the electric piano and, and this part of the beginning now were really inspired by, I think it's Sheep by Pink Floyd. So I was listening to, to all of animals trying to get some ideas 
I had this idea to do an arpeggiator on um, on a Hammond organ. So I was messing around with that and using a software organ. I didn't end up playing um, playing this through the arpeggiator and the recording. I, I kind of took inspiration from it and, and played it in. But that uh, the organ part that fades in before the guitar comes in is very much supposed to sound like like an arpeggiator that you would find on a synth. So that kind of comes in. We're using a lot of different um, reverbs, but the two the two main types of reverbs we're focusing on here um, are, are kind of the vintage plate reverbs and also the 70s style digital lexicon reverbs. So we were just using plugins again. Uh, for the reverbs, we were using the soft tube SAR-1, uh, Valhalla Vintage Verb, and then the Abbey Road plates for the for the plate sounds. It's um, the reverb, right? Yeah, for the reverbs. And you can really hear it in that, um, I think it's a plate that we have on the uh, organ intro, but it actually starts off with more reverb when the sound is quieter, and it's kind of growing into the reverb sound, so... Um, listen for that at the very beginning. It starts off very cavernous, and then the sound sort of tightens up as it gets into the song. Um, modular synths, I mean, that's a huge part of the 70s, uh, the 70s rock sound. Uh, so we were mostly using um, Yuhi uh, Basil, which is uh, one of my favorite software synths to play around with. It kind of it just inspires ideas. You get patching things, and sometimes the, you come up with the sounds that are in your head. Sometimes you come up with sounds that are completely different, but it's very creative. And then the electric piano that I think it goes through the verse and just before the solo, and then again at the end. It's a very sort of choppy, bouncy sound, and as you kind of hit the notes harder, it starts to distort a little bit. It's kind of this the super tramp thing. They use a lot of electric pianos, Pink Floyd as well, but uh, it it adds a lot of feeling to the song, I think. And then there's a synth lead, uh, probably just before the halfway point. And this, I I was afraid Patrice was going to reject this when I first played it. And after he heard it a few times, I think it grew on him. But it's just like a growly, huge, overpowering analog synth lead sound. That comes in. It has a Pink Floyd feel to it, and I'm a fan of Pink Floyd. That's one of my. But when we put when I put it in, it was really early on in the arrangement, so we didn't have the drums down, we didn't have the organs or the uh, electric piano, or anything. So it was it was out of nowhere. I think we just had like we didn't even have the bass. It was guitar and vocals and maybe one other thing in there, but it was a little out of place at first but uh it ended up, ended up working and we kept it and liked it i kind of like how we both have very different approaches and it works together i've got more like the um music musician acoustic type of thing and you have more like the electronic stuff and we kind of put it together and it it works yeah, pretty well it's a nice compliment the baseline um we just did a direct in through the preamp uh but we i think we used the uh we drove the tubes pretty hard on the preamp and uh, used a mod modeler. And we wanted kind of a rounder vintage tone. 
And again, like a very drive driving bass part. It's like do 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 do. So it's always pushing forward. Um, it's mostly it, just mostly rhythmic, not a lot of notes. Yeah, mostly it's like and, uh, and we had to the chords and and just like playing with the rhythm of it, give it a drive, give the song the drive that it needs. We had to really focus on that when we were recording because originally you had a, a busier part, but then. We simplified it and just made sure that 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 feel was there, and it seemed to work better. That's kind of how it works with us. But uh, but it was important that we got the uh, the rhythm first. Yeah, it's kind of how it works. Usually, I start. I come up with a really intense thing, and then you're like, "Okay, simplify a bit less, a bit less." <laughs> I have to pull myself back as well, especially when I'm drumming. Um, well. <laughs> Me playing drums in 2008 is much different from now. I used to be a bit showy, showboaty. Not deliberately, but I've always had to consciously rein myself in a little bit. Do um, less. <laughs> yeah, try do what suits the music is, is the key. So if it needs more, if it needs a giant tom fill, you do that. But if it doesn't need a giant tom fill, it's just going to get in the way and piss everybody off. There's a, a quarter note cowbell that comes in. I, I don't know if it's you can call it the chorus, but that's another thing that just sort of drives it. And it's a small thing, but it really adds a lot to the arrangement. You make me think about this, actually. That's one good point. There's not really a chorus in the song. Um, it's very prog rock in this way that it's a lot of different sections. And even the sections that sound like they repeat themselves, often they're different lyrics which gives it like um, kind of a different section feel. If well, you that's think why of I said the... it's more of a motif in some of the parts when they come back. It's, it's yeah. a theme, but it's not necessarily a chorus. It's not like an anthem, but it is a familiar part that people can reconnect with. Exactly. When you think of the first verse of the song and the verse after what you could consider the chorus, which is not really a chorus, it's the same chord progression, but it's not the same way to play it, which makes it feel like it's a different section. That's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, exactly. Any um, other ideas towards the arrangement? Well, that's most of them. There's a few sort of more sound effecty things. There's a few backwards snare hits that again help with those transitions and building it up. And then um, I just wanted to say at the end, the choirs at the end are not really an older rock sound. It's actually more like the indie folk rock choirs, um, polyphonic spree and all the bands kind of like that that had that cool sound arcade fire i guess to some extent um and so the choirs to me at the end were more like that it was a unison note just sang on a bunch of tracks and we ended up affecting it because i think we only had we had eight or ten takes of of harmonies so we we added some doubling and ensemble effects and whatever um to to build it out but um the choirs kind of crescendo in towards the end along with uh it's like a, a string synth and the organ pad and they kind of envelope the entire sound once they like the the other instruments are fading off this is coming up and then that gets like overtaken by the modular synth effects and everything at the end and then you have some like uh guitar guitar noise i think it's just you hitting the strings once at the end 
But putting that all together was a bit of a challenge, but I think it really kind of let the let the song breathe and it was a nice way to finish it at the end. Um, so I think that's, I don't, here's the, here's the thing. Um, I don't think we mentioned in the last podcast, it, mu- it must've been right afterwards, but, um, one of my cats decided to, uh, urinate on my computer, on my Mac tower. Um, so it's in the shop and it's been in the shop for about three or four weeks now. And, this is a song I'd actually like to have had the multi-tracks to play with um, to uh, to show you some different parts in the podcast and, and uh, play these as we're talking about them. But unfortunately, uh, it's not possible right now. Maybe we can do a second post afterwards if we have time. Um, maybe in the future, yeah. Because this but, song uh, has a lot of tracks. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I think thirty to fifty, maybe maybe more. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not insane, but I'd say it's probably around fifty. Now a lot of those are like there's eight different tracks of of synth effects or whatever. So it's the they're only playing once or twice throughout the song for ten seconds, but you still need separate tracks on them just because they're different, softer instruments. Um, so there's a lot of that, but then I think it's we used eight or ten channels for the drums. At least I, I would say at least ten channels. There's at least five or six guitars in there as well. Well, there's uh, three. There's only three guitar tracks, plus the acoustic. Oh, and here's something we forgot to mention. There's a, sort of a twelve-string acoustic sound. Now we didn't actually have a twelve-string. Um, what but I did what, is I took I took chords and I took two different versions of the chords, one lower, one higher. So we did two different guitars and kind of played at the same time, which yeah, makes so it like a, like yeah. a string. And and we were like um it was like a reverse glissando because you were strumming from the high strings downward and then we were like ringing it out and adding a lot of reverb and chorus to that. Um so again, a very pink Floydy sound. I can't remember what song they did something similar to that but i was thinking of the machine a welcome to the machine oh yeah yeah it is it is because you did it's... add a, a sound effect that sounds like it as well um i think in the middle of the song there's a lot of pink floyd influence from different albums different songs it's we didn't kind of... try and rip off anything but it's it's very inspired by pink floyd and a little bit by super like Trap a... and those kinds of bands it's more like a tribute. It's not like we weren't trying to steal anything because the song doesn't sound like a Pink Floyd song in in itself. Like, but it does, the lyrics, kind of. <laughs> but the um, the arrangement was very inspired by Pink Floyd. Yeah, and it's nice because there's not a lot of a lot of that style of prog rock going on anymore. So uh, it's something different. Most people don't dive in that far. So the mix and mastering was it pretty um straightforward or um the yeah, I can't remember much specifics of the mix, and since I can't open it up i can't I can't just take a look at the section or the session, sorry, but uh it wasn't i mean we were kind of mixing as we went as well, so it wasn't a huge job. I think I still spent a day or two on it once once we finished up all the recordings and uh and got Allison's new vocals in there. Um but it wasn't yeah, it wasn't insane. It was just making the busy parts work together was was the main challenge. And then 
actually the mastering um i'd 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 like to revisit it but again i don't have the uh i don't have the full resolution um file for the mix so uh we're we're putting this out now and maybe we'll we'll do a second master down the road sometime um i'd like to do a couple touch ups still but uh i am very happy with how it turned out so far me too that's an artist thing to always want to change it always want to modify it because you're happy with it, but not a hundred percent. Yeah, but I had, sounds... actually I had this idea with um with how seventies recordings should sound since mixing that, and I think I'd actually like to take out some of the reverbs and make it a drier sound, like tone tone them down a little bit, um, because it sounds great on headphones, but on some speakers it's just too much. It sounds a little bit muddy to my ears right now. So I'd like to dry it out and and do a second master. But besides that, I'm very happy with it. Again, so hopefully more to come. Yeah, hopefully we'll have an update on it soon. Um, Hopefully my computer is out of the shop soon and I can work on it.
throw Just another day Another endless day Just another day Another endless day Another endless day You think it's easy The shadow inside. I ain't getting free ride. Free ride. I think I'm going crazy. enjoyed this podcast um you can listen to the song on our website songblog.ca you can also check us out on facebook facebook slash songblog.ca on twitter at songblogca that's it and you can uh, also email us if you have any questions or if you are interested in some more information about the mix the recording or anything that you want you can uh, email us at info at songblog.ca we do have the comments available on this on the blog itself as well i believe so that's another way you can get in touch with us if you like so we'll see you next month thank you for being with us and have a good month